Hi everyone, today is June 27th, 2020. This is the Dual Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. There's going to be a bit of background noise. Um, just letting you know throughout the episode. They're working on the MTA now. Later on, there might be another surprise with some noise. But, I guess this is like, if you've never been to New York, these are the sounds of the city. But, Act Week in Duel Links this week. Um, you know, we've got this kind of new meta invaded by Witch's Sorcery, but the old meta is not ready to give up. They're adapting. So, we're going to look at some of the esports there. A few events going on this week. We have Taya, um, DSOD Taya, not obtainable as of this recording. We'll get her in a few days. But we've got this new character around and new cards from her so far. We have Professional Aster, new cards for Masked Heroes. We'll see if those are any good. Card Trader update. Two repeated cards, but they are. One of them is useful. We'll go back to Witch's Sorcery. Finish off the remaining archetype R and Ns. We'll be talking Battle Wasps, Prophecy, Altergeist, and a little bit of Speedroids. And finally, I hit King of Games, so we're going to talk about my deck in depth. I also have a link from Dueling's meta of my deck that I submitted, so you can check out what it looks like. This really bad-looking uh, Witchcrafter deck. Yeah, I mentioned my week, King of Games. Uh, just, just a quick summary before I spoil it all. Um, I bought through the Witch's Sorcery box, but I didn't get every single Witchcrafter card. I was missing one Pitori. But, you know, I went with it. I ran out of gems, and I kept playing my characters to get gems, to get my third Pitori. And on the way there, I hit King of Games. Legend won to King of Games pretty much in one or two days, just playing the deck, and yeah, you'll hear more about the deck later at the end of the episode. Um, use the uh, links to, to, to navigate through that. It's going to be a little bit later. Um, I've also been playing different builds. I've put down the build I have because that's you know not the best build. You know, Witchcrafters can go so many different directions, so I'm trying something new now. Um, I'm also playing with... Uh, Cyrus, I think. I'm trying to get some Cyrus' skills in. Like, get some dual skills in, so. Um, and also playing the events to collect all the cards, things like that, so. Once you hit King of Games and you don't do tournaments, you're kind of stuck in this phase where you don't have to play a ton anymore. Like, there's time for other games, I guess. That's kind of what happens. This week in esports, I have two of them here, and I'm also going to talk about Battle Phase. Meta Week, Duel Links Meta Weekly number 130. Their um, Meta Championship Series is actually happening today. We'll talk about that next week. First place with Victor Lee, level duplication, Shirinui. Uh, three Phoenix Chains, two Needle Ceilings. You know what the deal is. They're going for the uh, combo of Sun Saga and uh, Zombie Skull, Archfiend Zombie Skull. Then you can hit that Needle Ceiling off, clear your opponent's board, and not your own. Other than the change with level duplication, many decks use level augmentation. There isn't a huge change with the uh, deck list itself. 
Second place, Lorenzo Roma, Show of Nightmares. Lightsworn, pure Lightsworn deck with the Chaos cards. 21 cards to accommodate the dual skill. You're trying to mill through this deck quick as possible. You've got uh, Charge of Light Brigade, Solar Recharge, Melody of Awakening Dragoning, and Econ. So it's four different spells. Show of Nightmares needs three of them, and then you could recycle one of them. Um, this is a really like short list. For a Chaos Lightsworn deck, you've got three Levian Years, one Blackwing Zephyros, one Plague Spreader, three Raiden, three Lumina, and a Bacon Saver. So you're going through a deck pretty fast, and that will let you hit your uh, Levian Years pretty fast as well. Top four, Kuriko Dairu, Sealed Tombs, Dark Magician. This is the rare um, two Magician of Dark Illusion. Normally, you don't see two of them. They, they were cut entirely at some point, but now we have two of them here. Um, not, otherwise, not too remarkable. Dark Magicians are starting to be a little better right now. Especially against Witchcrafters. They have this move where if they have the Dark Magic Circle and then Navigation set, they can counteract your your plays. Uh, you don't know when to uh, save up your uh, uh, Forbidden Lance or Spellbook. To protect your Madame Ver, and then you're kind of screwed sometimes. And top four Trap Dexter, Cyber Style, Cyber Dragons. Nothing too remarkable. Um, they are using two Econs now, which is a development I've noticed. Uh, the previous aggressive builds with um, Treacherous Trap Hole, World Legacy Clash. Now it's just Econ. Duel Links Taiwan Weekly 106. Anthox, first place. Switcheroo uh, invoked Neos. This seems to be the way to go. Element Sabres have been falling out of favor since the Grand Tournament and their low representation. And we're moving into these other builds. We've seen the Toolbox Neos build. That one was represented more than the Element Sabres actually in the top 100. This one, uh, the, these Neos builds that we're going to talk about, they, um, they all have something in common. They all have, you know, Alistair package, Keeper of Dragon Magics. They have three of those. They have two Neos, two Neos Fusion, of course. And then they have three Volcanic Shells. This is a card from that Volcanic box way back in the day. And uh, last day of 2017, for that matter, so it's like a two and a half year old card. But the card is a Fire Monster. You pay 500 life points, add a Volcanic Shell from your deck to your hand. This must be in the graveyard to activate this effect. So, kind of similar to Element Sabers tutoring things with the field spell, you can run a bigger deck with Volcanic Shells because it thins the deck out itself, and you lose life points to activate the skill, which is Switcheroo here. So, a Volcanic Shell is a new fire type to help play Invoked. But anyways, this deck isn't exactly a Neo's Toolbox deck. There's only one uh, material, and it's Bacon Saver. So, other decks we've seen in the Kaiba and the GT, they have the other monsters like uh, Crimson Fox with Bacon Saver. This one just has one Bacon Saver. Otherwise, um, Invoke deck, we are seeing some changes in the trap composition of the deck, not really like it was when you had uh, Malehu. I think these traps are to replace Malehu because there's no better replacement. 
So they have Divine Wrath. They have two copies of Ultimate Providence. They have a Karma Cut. They have two Phoenix Chain. Phoenix Chain remains the same, but the other cards kind of do, you know, prevent effects from going off. And you could just discard your Volcanic Shells as your cost. This deck works pretty well. We're going to see a lot of this deck later on. Second place, Snow Stuffy, Cyber Style, a Mono Cyber Dragon. There's a little spice here. You've got a regular Cyber Dragon deck, one Cyber Dragon, one Veer, three Cores, three Cosmic, one Fusion Gate, one Herald of the Abyss, three Cyberload Fusion, one Cybernetic Fusion, two Econ, two Cybernetic Overflow. You also got two Amano Iwado, which is a famous, famous component of the Amano stun deck. And this monster prevents any of your opponent's monster's abilities from going off, so... Um, interesting addition to Cyber Dragons here. Top four, this name uh, translates to I'm Cute, Don't Abuse Me. This is just a pure uh, Cyber Dragon deck, uh, straight up deck. Two Econs, of course, as I've, not as I've noticed, is the uh, trend going for Cyber Dragons. Playing a little slower now. And top four, G Okinawe. Switcheroo Invoked Neos. Similar deck to the one we saw before, but a little bit cheaper. There's no Fiendish Chains. The Bacon Saver has been replaced with Crimson Fox. So, a different dark attribute and different material for your Neos Fusion. Um, yeah, something to note about these decks is they don't run an Earth Elemental and also a Water. So, you're just playing it for Purgatrio. This works against me because I only have one Purgatrio, so I can't really play this deck. And it also doesn't help that I don't have Neos. Um, I don't have Brave Neos or anything like that. So um, that all works against me. I can't play this deck ever. I'll go with Battle Phase 69 just for just for reasons. Melanesia, first place tie that binds Crystrons. Um, you got the Genex package, but no water package here. 30 card deck, Ballista Squad. Yeah, not much to say here. Second place, Tatoi51, Switcheroo, Invoked Neo. Same deck as before. This is the Bacon Saver version. I guess, I guess that's how we're going to separate it now. All the Volcanic Shells are here. Third place, top four, I mean, Luxon, Cyberstyle, Cyber Dragons. Aggro version, you've got two copies of Concentrating Current instead of your Econs. Two copies of Herald of the Abyss, that's notable as well. Ton of removal here. Very aggressive deck. And top four. Needson Sealed Tombs Dark Magician. Nothing notable here. So as we've seen from these esports, there hasn't been a new deck top uh, cracking the um, tier list, actually. Witch's Sorcery hasn't made too much of an impact on the top four considerations of the deck. And as such, um, you know, nothing's really shaping up the tier list yet. Not gonna devote too much time on the tier list, but you know all the decks are still the same, and they have a couple of high potential decks uh, from Witches Sorcery. Those are the Witchcrafters. Um, what else was there? It's Witchcrafters, Spellbooks, and Evil Eye. Those are all the you know high potential decks that they put in there. Uh, we'll see. With the Duel Links Meta Championship Series, MCS going on today, how much that shakes up the tier list, but nothing has really, 
you know, penetrated the top four so far. Okay, before we talk about the new cards in Duel Links this week, we do have an announcement of Yu-Gi-Oh! Neuron. This is a companion app that uh, helps you play the game, I guess. It releases on June 29th, and it's all in Japanese right now, so I don't know if it's just the OCG release, but um, you know, it makes sense that other languages will also be released at the same time. So basically what this app does is it's a card library. So you could look up every single card in the game. I assume it'll update as long as new cards come out. There's a life point calculator from what I could tell. There is a coin flipper. There is a card recognition uh, device. So you take a picture of a card and then it logs it for you in the library. So this is pretty crazy for any fan in Yu-Gi-Oh! to have an app like this. I know things like this already exist, but this kind of adds a ton of features into one app. It's official from Konami, so you could use it in tournaments or whatever. So, I guess it's a way for people to learn about cards on the fly, like in in a TCG setting. That's pretty useful. Of course, the life point calculator is there. Coin flipping, uh, so you don't have to bring your own coins, I guess. So, Pretty neat stuff. I'll get it right away. Um, just so I could waste time looking at cards on my phone. If I haven't done that enough already. Alright, let's start off with Taya Gardner. This is Taya Gardner's Reminiscence of the Future. I'm not sure how you reminisce of the future. But that is what's happening. And I'll just note about Taya right here. This is her new appearance. Um, obviously, all of the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! characters got an upgrade from DSOD. They look different. And there's something different about Taya. There's a lot different about Taya. Overall, they're trying to make her all more attractive. I get it. But there's something with her eyes that makes her... Like, the eyes are too far apart from each other. It makes her look like an alien. I don't know who else sees that, but... Uh, she's got a bit of an alien look to her, so it's kind of distracting. I think her eyes her eyes are too far apart. Otherwise, she looks great. Um, yeah, we got some new cards here. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the R's and N's, seeing if there's anything special to say about them. There isn't. Some of these are not like three ofs, but I'm pretty sure I had three of all these um, other cards before. But there are three uh, new cards, and it's it's notable to say that this is just the event drops right here. These three cards are for the event drops. They're not her cards. Next week, we'll talk about her cards, uh, what she gets from level up, what her dual skills are. So first one's Witchcrafter Genie. Level 1, wind spellcaster, 300-500. During your main phase, quick effect, tribute this, discard a spell, special summon a witchcrafter from your deck except for this one. You can banish this card and a Witchcrafter spell from your graveyard. This affects this effect becomes that spell's effect when this card is activated. You can use each effect once per turn. Right now, this card is less useful than Shmeta and Pitori. Um but it 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 does have a spot in the deck. Um, it it helps to have a bigger variety of monsters. So you could cycle through multiple Witchcrafters per turn. So if your hand allows it, you could cycle all three of them into a Madame Ver in one turn. 
Um, typically, you don't want to banish your Witchcrafter spells, but this lets you get around. This card lets you get around dead hands. That's the goal of this card. Sometimes you have a Madame Vera in the hand, and you can't even play her because you don't have your Unveiling. This can help you use your Unveiling in the graveyard that you've tossed for a like a Pitori or a Shmeta play or something. So, um, yeah. Um, you could use a holiday that's stuck in the graveyard. It, it lets you get around dead situations. Like, your Madame Vera's dead, and your holiday's also in the graveyard. You could just play, banish them, get your Madame Vera on the board. This type of card is never going to be, like, a three of, though, unfortunately. Like, it's probably just, like, a one of right now. It's not the most important card, but it does help you more to play around dead hands. Another Witchcrafter card, Witchcrafter Patroness, is a con continuous trap. Target one of your spellcasters that is banished or in the graveyard, shuffle it into the deck. If you do, add a Witchcrafter spell from your deck to your hand. If this is in the graveyard except for the turn sent there, you can banish this, then target any number of your banished Witchcrafters with different names. Witchcrafter spells with different names, add them to your hand. So, it's hard to count on that second ability where you can when this is, you know, sent to the graveyard and banish it and then add your spells with different names. Your opponent's got to willingly destroy this card. And Cosmic Cyclone is pretty much the uh, back row removal. It's going to get banished, not in the graveyard. So you can't really count on Patroness being in the graveyard, unfortunately. And Witchcrafters just like throwing away spells. This is a trap card, so it doesn't really work in your favor. What it does do is, um, if Witchcrafters move off their burn strategies with the Type 0 Magic Crusher, it leaves room for this trap card to be here, working towards resource generation and buffing your bigger monsters for battle. Um, it works with Genie. Genie banishes um, the spells and stuff. Um, Tori and Shmeta also banish themselves, so you could just recycle those monsters and then you could tutor a spell. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't say if this card is going to see play in the current build. Uh, trap cards are typically at a disadvantage unless they become the balance build. I have seen balance witchcrafters hit king of games, so this card could could see play. I don't. I don't see it being like vital to the deck right now, though. And the last card is Cupid Serve, level 2, Fairy, Light, 1,600. Unaffected by the effects of other monsters, except for monsters who level, whose levels are equal or lower than this card. You can banish up to 3 cards in your graveyard, increase this card's level by that number until the end of the turn. Yep, okay. This is a non-tuner that can ramp up to level 5. You can banish 3 cards in your own graveyard. Um... Not too useful. I don't see any effect where this is really beneficial. I could think of something where Eclipse Wyvern wants to be banished. So you could pull off a Light Sworn play, and this is a light monster. Um, like Eclipse Wyvern to get your near back or something. But um, seems like it's not. it doesn't have a use other than that. Not very useful. We did have a Cupid Volley before. It might be a similar theme of Tennis cards or something, I don't know, but um, not 
not as useful as the witchcrafter cards and those are kind of like borderline right now but um we'll have to see the whole picture about the witchcrafter genie and patroness uh what else Taya is giving us i think they're going to give some of the better the other cards too in her level of rewards cards that are probably like one or two of she does play Eda adele so it's possible we get adele or some other cards there's a, there's a few other witchcrafter cards that we may or may not get. Alright, so let's move on to Professional Aster. And I must say that these two new cards are kind of a letdown. One of them's okay, one of them is not going to be played, and both of them probably are not going to get played in Masked Heroes, unless something gets nerfed. There's two new cards here. There's a bunch of older cards from the first Professional Aster event. Apparition Trap Card. If a face-up hero monster you control is destroyed by a battle or card effect, special summon a level 4 or lower vision hero from the deck, then you can have the original attack and defense of one monster your opponent controls. You can only activate one apparition per turn. This is okay for a few reasons. It's non-targeting, and it's a permanent debuff. So there is like a bit of a situational factor, though. You need your monsters destroyed by battle or card effect, and you're relying on something like that to your monsters get destroyed to have an effect go off. It's not great for a deck that plays OTK. Um, one of the fastest decks around, Masked Heroes. And you're counting on your own things getting destroyed. That's never really a good thing. So that's what this card has going against it. It does have that nice debuff, though, to help your uh, Enki plays if you ever come to it. Um, it does help the OTK you know, step, and you're lowering their attack by quite a bit. But... The reliance on a destruction works against it. Another trap card called D-Counter, Normal Trap. When a Destiny Hero monster you control is targeted for an attack, destroy the attacking monster. Now this would have been good with the first run of Masked Heroes where every single monster was a Destiny Hero. This would have been, you know, like Sakuretsu Armor. But then why won't you run Sakuretsu Armor over this card? That card, Sakuretsu Armor, is better than D-Counter, right? Because this only works for Destiny Heroes. It won't even protect your Masked Heroes from getting hit. Now we have this Masked Hero deck. You've got Elemental Hero Stratus. we got Vision Hero Ferris. We've got all your Masked Heroes. So the dilution on Destiny Heroes has gone way up. And this card's pretty much useless. Like, there's no way you could just time your... Thing. And of course, Sakuretsu armor is just better than this card. So, yeah. Alright, that's Aster. Let's talk about the card trader update. There's two cards being added to the trader, and they're both uh, not they're both not new cards here. First one's called Ice Mirror. Spell. Send one face up level 3 or lower water monster you control. Select one face up level 3 or lower water monster you control. Special summon one monster with the same name as that monster from the deck. The monster special summoned by this card's effect cannot declare an attack this turn. So this card is not being played right now. But I, what I do see with this card is possible XZ's uh, consideration. You got two level 3 water types going on. Maybe then. Now this one is actually useful. Temperance of Prophecy, level 3. Earth Spellcaster, it's part of the spell ca uh, Spellbook clan. 
During the main phase, if you activated a spellbook spell previously this turn, you can tribute this card, special summon a level 5 or higher light or dark spellcaster from your deck. You can't special summon another level 5 or higher monster during the turn you activate this effect. So this card was around from the first Carly event, I believe. It has something to do with one of the Carlys. And what this does is it helps the two new um, spellbook players. There's High Priestess of Prophecy, who can come out for free already with the um, revealing three spellbooks, special summon from the hand. But you could also use um, you know, Temperance to cheat her out from the deck. So that that could be even faster than this uh, this play. And also, if you want to get spicy, World of Prophecy, which we'll talk about in a bit. A bit of a bomb card to blow up the board. So Temperance of Prophecy is useful now um, in the New Look Spellbooks. There's also some other cards that were played in the first version of Spellbooks. Um, there's some there's some card like Prophecy Destroyer, some other ones. There are some strong monsters. So... Yeah, Temperance of Prophecy is good now. Let's get back to an old topic, and that is finishing up, which is sorcery. Uh, last week I kind of talked about the high impact archetypes. Let's do the remaining archetypes. We have Battle Wasps, we have Spellbooks, not that they're not uh, high impact, but there's only three cards. Altergeist, and we'll go through Speedroids in a bit of a speedy. Uh, abbreviated round. There's too many speed roids to go through. Start off with the Battle Wasps. They do have that um, UR Synchro Monster Hama, but he doesn't have to be used with uh, you know, Battle Wasps in particular. Just a very good uh, generic level 8. Let's go over some of the R's and N's. There's only 5 Battle Wasp, Arbalest, the Rapid Fire. Uh, level 4, 1800-800 Insect. When this is a normal summon, target a level 3 or lower Insect in your graveyard. Special summon it in defense. If this is destroyed by an opponent's card, special summon a Battle Wasp from your hand or deck. This effect can be used once per turn. So when this monster special summons a monster in defense, you automatically think of a card like Junk Synchron. So, classic monster... With that ability, and it's kind of the opposite because it's the non-tuner searching for a tuner, and there's only four eligible insect tuners in Duel Links that fit this criteria. There's Fire Ant, Asketer, Infernity Beetle, Naturia Butterfly, and Transicada. Transicada actually is the best one here. It's a level three insect tuner, eight hundred, one thousand. When special summoned, you can special summon a Molt token, which has 0, 0, 3 stars. While this token special summoned by this effect is on the field, you can't special summon monsters from the extra deck except for insects. So, yeah. The token... Well, that doesn't work, actually. I was thinking the Molt token was a level 1, but it's a level 3. So you got those two guys. They can make a level 6. And then Transicada and Arbalest can make a level 7, but they're only insects. So, yeah, Transicada is, isn't as good as I thought, because it only allows that insect special summon 
your synchro monsters to be insects. So, um, not as much utility as I thought. I thought there was going to be some kind of insect toolbox, but I don't think we're there yet. They make this level 6, though, but not here. Summoning swarm spells, uh, a normal spell, target 4 or low, level 4 or lower. Battle wasps in your graveyard, up to the number of monsters your opponent controls. Special summon them, you can only activate one per turn. Can't special summon monsters from the extra deck, except for insects this turn. But yeah, you could ramp up to 3 monsters, depending on how behind you are on the board. Or 1 or 2. Situational high reward card. Probably the highlight of Battle Wasps. Here's Halberd the Charge. We're in the ends now. Level 6 Synchro, Insect Tuner, and Non Tuner 2500, 800. Uh, once per turn, and this attacks a monster with equal or higher attack. Quick effect, you can have the attack of the opponent's monster during damage calculation. When this inflicts battle damage to your opponent, you can inflict 200 more damage to your opponent for each Battle Wasp you control. You can use this effect once per turn. A little bit like White Aura Dolphin has that ability that turns them to half. He's got 2,500 himself. You can hit over something a lot higher than this. Um, extra burn ability. Decent level 6. This is what you can make with the Molt Token and Transicata. You special summon Transicata. Two level 3s. You can make this level 6. They're both insects. Battle Wasp Pin the Bullseye. Level 1 insect. 200, 300. When you control an insect, you can special summon this from the hand. During your main phase, inflict 200 damage to your opponent for each pin wasp, pin the bullseye you control. You can use the effect once per turn. Little burn ability, 600 at the most. You're not going to stay on the board too long. Not really worth that at all. With burn, you can do it a lot better than that. And finally, battle wasp. Twin Bow the Attacker, level 3 Insect, 1,500. During your main phase, special summon this from your hand. Also, you can't special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of the turn, except for insects. You can use this effect once per turn. This card can make a second attack during each battle phase. Not great. It's like um, some really old cards were like, like Hayabusa Knight. Similar card. Uh, two attacks for 1,000. Not even a tuner, not really worth it. Move on to the spell books and prophecies. Of course, the spell books and prophecies, they uh, got the High Priestess of Prophecy and the Spell Book of Wisdom. Two UR cards, they have some R's and N's as well. So, here's World of Prophecy. There you are. Level 9, Spellcaster, Light. 2,900, 2,400. When this is special summoned by the effect of a spellcaster or spellbook spell card, you can target two spellbooks in your graveyard, add those to your hand. You can special summon other monsters to, during the turn you activate this effect. When you add this card to your hand by this effect, you can reveal four spellbooks with different names in your hand. Destroy all other cards on the field. So there's a few cards that can help get this on the board. Temperance of Prophecy is one of those. Um, Temperance of Prophecy is more of a tutor card. So um, it won't get this onto the board, I think. Um, you're going to have to use something like Spellbook of Life or something like that. But um, if you do get this on the board, it's a bomb. Um, easy to get four spellbooks in your hand. 
You're getting two of them from the graveyard anyways, and you're just going to blow up the board. I don't think it sees play, but if the deck gets really spicy, like a 30-card version, maybe they add in Book of Life. Those aren't gunshots. Those are illegal fireworks going on outside. Um, you can't blow up the board. Let me correct that. Those fireworks made me think of Temperance of Prophecy, and... You can tribute her to special summon that level 5 or higher light monster from the deck. Temperance of Prophecy goes into World of Prophecy. You get two cards back from the graveyard. You have four. You blow up the board. I could see it. I could see you fitting one World of Prophecy. Not really in a big spellcaster deck, but let's say spellcasters get back to a more than 20 card version, I could see World of Prophecy being a bomb. Next card is Amores of Prophecy, level 3, Spellcaster 600, Once per turn, reveal a spellbook in your hand, special summon a level 4 or lower spellcaster. No interaction with Blue Boy here, but because Blue Boy only works if it's normal summoned or flipped face up, special summons don't count. To tutor out a spellbook. This could work with some other card though. This doesn't have to be a spellbook. It could be a Night End Sorcerer. You special summon Night End Sorcerer. You get that banished off on that opponent's graveyard. So, and then you could tune into a level 5 or 6 going on here. But not in, not like the typical route with spellbooks. Because you're not playing Synchro Monsters. And Stoic of Prophecy level 1. 300, 200. When this is sent to the graveyard, add a level 3 uh, Prophecy Monster from your deck to your hand. This could tutor Temperance, I guess. Temperance is level 3. You could also tutor Amores. Uh, Blue Boy is more than 3, I think. It's not really worth it. I mean, it's less than 3, so it's not really... Not a great effect, not a great card to run overall. Move on to Altergeist. They're in a weird spot. They have that... SR Marionetter. They have some other weird cards thrown in. Um, level 6, Altergeist Dragvirion. Spellcaster, Dark Synchro. Generic requirements, 2200, 1200. When an opponent's special summon monster declares an attack, you can return one Altergeist monster you control to the hand, negate that attack. If this is tributed and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon this card. You can use each effect once per turn. This is the most interesting card of the bunch. Generic level 6 synchro play. It's very similar to another level 6 that has been splashed into synchro toolbox. That is Vulcan the Divine. Vulcan the Divine is 2000. When it's synchro summoned, you can remove a face-up card and your opponent's face-up monster, and you uh, send them back to the hand. So typically, you bounce back Vulcan the Divine for some stronger monster. This is similar. When an opponent's special summoned monster declares an attack, you can send this card back to the hand and negate that attack. So, um, similar thing. Um, yeah. Altergeist doesn't have a competitive spot in dueling, so this could be something for that level 6, 5, and 6 Akiza Synchro Toolbox deck. It's a bit of a long shot, though. 
those decks, you know, Brianic's Core, Archfiend's Call, uh, Naturia Barkion, when that gets get uh, popularized out of the selection box, that's probably going to be a hit. This is a bit of a situational thing, but it could be like, I don't know, negates an attack. It's, it's, that's something. You don't have to run like Sphere Kribos or anything like that. Geist. Vanilla Lag. Level 2 Spellcaster Tuner. Uh, zero attack, 1,000 defense. Monsters your opponent controls cannot target. Altergeist monsters you control for attacks except for this one. Also, your opponent cannot target Altergeist monsters you control of card effects except for, except for this one. It's a tuner, but it's also like a board taunt. It absorbs all attacks and targets from the opponent. It doesn't have a place in this archetype, unfortunately. With it being completely underdeveloped, there's not enough like other Altergeist cards uh, to control to do any damage with. Protector either. Alter Geist. There's two traps here. Alter Geist Amulet Health. Continuous trap. Special summon. This is an effect monster. Spellcaster level 4. 1400-1800 trap monster. When summoned this way and it's in the monster zone, all Alter Geist traps you control cannot be destroyed by card effects. Neither player can target them with card effects. There's only one other trap card here. And I guess it protects it. Otherwise, this is not great as a trap monster of those stats. 1400, 1800. We've seen better ones than that. No benefits for other trap monsters because this is the only one. And finally, Altergeist Camouflage. Normal trap. Target 8. Altergeist monster you control. Equip this to it. Your opponent cannot target it for attacks. But it does not prevent your opponent from attacking you directly. Negate the opponent's card effect that activates this by targeting the equipped monster. If the monster you control would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can banish this from the graveyard instead. Very interesting card. Gives the monster immunity from attacks and targets. Makes them pretty much like an invisible Coxidus. But it only targets the Altergeist monster. We only have that Vanilla Fag and also Marionetter. So there's only two monsters here, of course. If this Altergeist archetype does get fleshed out, maybe something to consider down the line. But there isn't enough here, but this is just it. Finally, speedroids. As I mentioned, there's too many speedroid cards to go through. Let's kind of uh, breeze through them. High speedroid Hagiata. This is the biggest synchro monster of the group, level 5, 2000, 1000. Um, what this card does is it basically ramps the levels of all your monsters into a higher level, so um, you could tribute it, increase the levels of all monsters you control on the field by one. When this is in the graveyard and you have a tuner, you can special summon it. So it's kind of like a ramp into higher level synchro plays, and it seems like the speedroids, the goal is to get into a higher synchro play than themselves. and Play really fast. Do stuff like that. High speedroid puzzle, level 4, uh, generic Synchro, 1300-1600. At the start of the damage step, if this battle is a special summon monster, you can make its attack double its current, at current attack until the end of the damage step. Once per turn during your end phase, when this is in the graveyard, because it was Synchro summoned, you can target a Speedroid, except for this one, add it to your hand. So this is one of those ones that could double an attack, hit up to 2600. 2, um, 
Pretty good against most things except for Dark Magician. Double Yo-Yo, level 4. Target a level 3 or lower speed void, special summon it. Yeah, this is kind of like the um, Junk Synchron effect, similar. You try to get a tuner onto the board. Um, get level 5 off of the red-eyed dice. Ohaji Kid. When this is a normal summon, target a tuner from either graveyard, special summon it. And then you can immediately synchro summon a wind synchro monster. So this gets into level 4 puzzle play uh, with the uh, red eyed dice. So 3 plus 1. Another level 4 synchro play that is wind is Old Entity Haster. Probably the best level 4 synchro play there is right now. So there's something you could do a bit of a toolbox there if you want with the level 4s. Red-Eyed Dice, I just mentioned this card a few times, pretty good. Level 1 Machine Tuner, when this is normal or special summoned, you can target a speed road you control. Declare a level from 1 to 6, it becomes that level from this the end of this turn. So I mentioned those cards, you know, Ohajakid can bring back Red-Eyed Dice, but then you can make Ohajakid a level 6. So this is a real toolbox card here. Modifying the levels of any cards, this can make you know level two to level seven, very versatile card uh, for tuning purposes. Pretty good, great card. Love that card. Um, Den Den Daiko Duke, level three tuner. You can banish this from the graveyard. Special summon a Speedroid tuner from your hand or graveyard, except for this one. You can use this effect once per turn. Nice to have another tuner on. 3 is a nice level to have. It kind of hits the sweet spot on several things. You could have lower level monsters to make your level 4s. You could have your generic level 4s to make your level 7s. Um, Red-Eyed Dice is probably the main tuner. It doesn't hurt to have a second. Speed Recovery Spell. Target a Speedroid in your graveyard. Special Summon it. Uh, then you could banish this from the graveyard. Target a Speedroid in your graveyard. Add it to your hand. This is nice. It's um, Resurrection and Recycle. It's a plus one, generally, in the late game. Rubber Band Plane. This one's not very good. I noted that. Level 5. 1800 Attack 0 Defense. Uh, when Special Summoned, you can Special Summon... If a monster is Special Summoned, you can Special Summon this from the hand. Um... When this is normal or special summoned, you can target a monster and lose 600 attack. Yeah, it's not really worth it. These monsters modulate their levels well enough that you don't need a level 5 on the board. Punks up the hand as well when you can't tribute summon it off. Razor Rang, uh, level 4, 2000, zero, has summoning sickness. Can't attack the turn it's normal summoned. Once per turn, you can target a face up on the field. Change this to defense. It loses 800 attack. Not worth it. Pachingo Cart, level 4 machine, 1800-1000. Once per turn, discard a machine, target one monster on the field, destroy it. We've seen this type of ability before. Very slow at this point in Duel Links. Uh, back then, this would have been good. It, it kind of reminds me of Flying Fish, but Flying Fish could hit something like multiple cards a turn. That's why I love the card. You would Flying Fish a Oyster Meister, and that's like three cards to zap in one turn, but Chingo Cart hits for 1800, very slow uh, control ability here. 
4 stilts, level 4. When it's normal summon, special summon a level 4 or lower speed word from the hand. Uh, during the main phase, except for the turn, this was sent to the graveyard. Banish it from the graveyard. Send a wind monster from the deck to the graveyard. This is a nice card. Um, four card for the deck. Cheat out the tuner from the hand. It's another way to do it. You could do it from the graveyard or the hand. Um, yep. High speed level spell card. Banish a speed word from the graveyard. Target a synchro monster you control. Until the end of the turn, change the level to the banished monster's level. Gains attack equal to that monster's level times 500. This would be nice as a trap or a quick play, but as a normal speed cell, your opponent could just chain it, and it's not its not really good. It's easily countered. Finally, Dice Rule Battle is a trap card. When your opponent declares an attack, target a speedroid in your graveyard, banish both it and the speedroid tuner in your hand. If you do special summon a uh, from your extra deck a synchro monster, whose level equals the original of those monsters. During the battle step, you can banish this from the graveyard, target a face-up synchro monster, make that face-up attack monster attack your opponent. Controls... Oh, I'm confused. Anyways, this is like a synchro or cycle. Recycle from the graveyard in the hand, and then you... Get another synchro summon off if you're if you have enough material in your extra decks. Very very situational card. That is all for um, box witches sorcery. Though of course those are the dredges of the box, and we have some actually real archetypes in witchcrafters, predaplants, evil eye, you know, good stuff. Now it's time for the king of games report for. June 2020. Um, I've, I've I've been talking to a lot of people on Twitter, and I've been posting a lot about Witchcrafters. Um, last week I mentioned how I played the deck pretty much out of necessity. Um, I was buying through Witch's Sorcery. I spent all my gems. And as I mentioned, the first 20 packs, I got Shmeta and Madame Ver. So at that point, I reset, and I was pigeonholed based on my pulls. And I pretty much learned the deck on the fly. I deranked all the way to Legend 1. And then I hit King of Games in like a day. Like it, it's, it's insane. So it took me a few days to actually learn it, the deck. But um, yeah, this is, this is a weird deck. I have the link here. And this is by no means an optimal deck. I only hit King of Games because first I got a rhythm of the deck me those losses to learn how to play the deck and for me to stop messing up. Second, the meta was not... People don't know how to play against it yet. It's not a deck that has... Hey, it's 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 good for King of Games right now, but it's not the most competitive on the tournament scene, so people haven't seen it in streams enough, I think. But in terms of King of Games, it's Steam's role, Steam rolls the competition. And... The deck is super exciting to me because, well, I'll say this. I didn't particularly enjoy playing the deck, but I am excited about the deck building possibilities from the deck as it allows a lot of cards to be played that were not previously played, and that always excites me. So this deck, there's a fatal flaw to this deck. 
let's get back to let's get back before that. I started playing this deck when I got two Pitori. And the the weird thing about this deck is I've got three Shimetas and two Pitoris. This is just some free to play stuff going on here. I stopped buying which is sorcery and I thought this was good enough to run. So what it is two Madame Vare, three Shmeta, two Pitori, three Witchcrafter Collaboration, two Holiday, three Unveiling, and then the other spells, two Forbidden Lance, two Spellbook of Wisdom, one Herald of the Abyss. So I'm playing Restart, and frankly, the only reason I played Restart was so I could level up a 5D's character in Leo. And I was trying to get my next gems to buy, to get my third Patori. See, this is, yeah, this is some free-to-play stuff going on here. And my deck doesn't even have three Patori. Like, if you go on, I'm looking on Dueling's meta, almost every deck, three Patori, three Shmeta. Oh yeah, I got two, and it was good enough. Not much more to say. That's why I was playing restart, level up Leo. You know, and you you restart your hand. What are you looking for? Madame Vare plus unveiling, or Schmetta, or Pitori. You just need one, and then like a a witchcrafter spell or something, or any spell, and then you're good. So as long as you don't clunk up your hand, Madame Vare, no unveilings, or one Shmeta, one Pitori, you're pretty much good to go. So that was pretty easy for the restart condition. I tried playing uh, Draw Sense Fire and Draw Sense Water before. But those are a little situational because you had to have taken like 1500 and not lose the duel, which is very easy in Duel Links, given how easy uh, Sun Saga comes out of the game and things like that. So, um, and Cyber Dragons, of course. There's so many, you know, one turn kill things going on here. So, um, those draw sense skills were not too reliable. I found restart to be good. And of course, like I said, I was leveling up, leveling up Leo. So, you know, the other cards in the deck, um, of course, the goal is to work towards Madame Vare. Three collaborations, two holidays, three unveilings. I'm not really sure why I went to this route. You see a lot of decks run two of each, so there's six. And then there's room for some other uh, spells or traps. Um, I thought three unveilings was definite because I'm playing this version with two Patori and unveiling with Madame Vera is what you want sometimes in your opening hand. And three unveilings would mean that is maximized. I only have two Madame Vares, and I thought three Madame Vares would be a bit... Not not that I have it, but it would be a bit clunky. Um, three collaborations versus two holidays. I can't really explain this. Uh, collaboration helps end games faster if you have it, so that's kind of what I was going for. In the in the guide, uh, the first guide that was made on Duel Links Meta, they said this was probably the worst... Um, of three witchcrafter spells, it's it's hard to say. Like you don't use them a ton. You just keep them in your hand to buff. I guess that's that's something you do with witchcrafter spells. So in, in a sense, they're all kind of useless. 
but holiday is better if you're behind. That's why I only have two. Like, if you're playing behind, you're probably going to lose. So holiday, you try to get Madame Ver because Schmetta and Pittori, they banished themselves from the graveyard. Before the these new Taya cards came in, there was no way to get these cards back. So you can't really rely on Witchcraft or Holiday bringing back your Schmetta unless you kind of set it up that way. Holiday is typically for Madame Ver and for you to be behind. So that's why I only have two of this. And collaborations win more, sure. It doesn't do anything to help uh, facilitate cards uh, from the hand or from the graveyard, which the other two do, but um, it gets you towards your win condition, of course. And you just needed these Witchcrafter spells. I felt like I needed the consistency with me only having two Pitori. Uh The other cards in the deck... So there's there's two ways to go about it, I think. I've seen you could run a lot of Cosmic Cyclones, or you could protect your monsters. And I chose to protect my monsters. Um, and this is fighting back row. The, the, the first version, I must say, the first version I played with Witchcrafters, I was trying to run like one of each. So I had like one Cosmic, one Galaxy Cyclone, one uh, thing called Nightbeam, one Hey Trunade. I was running like one of each. And... I don't know, like, I felt like this protect your stuff build is better. Not that Shmeta or Pitori need that type of protection. This is, these two cards are pretty much for Madame Ver. Like, those cards can quick affect themselves out of the situation. Madame Ver doesn't have that ability. She just plops down and that's it. So, um, you know, Forbidden Lance. I've actually used Forbidden Lance a lot more to debuff the opponent than to protect my monsters. Like, I've found it pretty useful given they try to hit over your monsters and you just get that math wrong and they lose. Spellbook of Wisdom was just a card that was around. Um, I got two, obviously, just from buying through this box. Um, I got, you know, at least... I got two and three Shmetas. I got three Shmetas, two Madame Vares, so... I just got this card. Um, how much to say? I mean, you're. You see what's activated on you. You activate it. In sheer noise, you're always going to be activating traps. Certain car like um, cyber dragons, you're going to activate traps because of over cybernetic overflow. It's almost always going to be traps. Sometimes it's spells. Um, not not the most often but yeah two lances two wisdoms typically you keep these in your hand too so you just activate it on the fly if it's your opponent's turn it's unlikely they would they would kind of uh you know save up their spell to to use on you now the last card in this deck is herald of the abyss why did i pick this card uh i, f- I figured this deck had no removal and every single way to deal with a monster is to hit over it so you know i figured there's a lot of monsters that are immune to destruction i could think of lunalite cat dancer or even like neos neos cards 
I faced a lot of favorite hero decks, Neos cards protect themselves. So um, this is a way to hard remove a monster without targeting. Sure, you lose 1,500, but whatever. And I've always loved Herald of the Abyss as a card and happy to use it here um, as hard removal and just as another spell. I run no trap cards here. Um, probably the best way to play uh, Witchcrafters is to burn and using uh, Type 0 Magic Crusher as your trap card. That's pretty devastating. I've been playing that version, uh, not a shadow game version, but I've just been leveling up with it. And you can recycle spells to burn. You could burn your opponent for every spell you have, and you just get them back and burn them some more. So it's probably the best way to play it. Um, I've seen a balance build for Witchcrafters. Um, yeah, so you have to run like six trap cards there. Um, type 0 is probably one of the trap cards, but... Um, yeah, no, no traps here. Uh, I might work towards my third Pitori, but with all those new Taya cards, I'm not sure if I'll need three Pitori, so I might just be putting the brakes on in regards to this box. But, you know, like generally, house, what other tips do I have for this deck? Madame Vare is confusing. I mentioned this last week. I made a huge point about this last week about Madame Vare. Uh, normally she prompts you to negate effects first. So, so sometimes you're trying to buff your monsters, and then you wind up discarding your own spells because you missed the thing. So whenever they talk about buffing the uh, witchcrafters, they're always going to use the terms damage calculation. So, you know, you get prompted a, a ton with Madame Vare because... You know, all the witchcrafters, but Madame Vare to negate an effect. And the skill behind playing witchcrafters is knowing your opponent's deck and knowing when to negate an effect. You could They could easily fool you. They could activate the first effect and it doesn't matter. Here's a good example. Against Destiny Heroes, the effect you want to negate is Trinity. Because Trinity hits for 5,000. And let's say you only have you don't have enough spells to block over five thousand. You're gonna have to negate that effect. Adoration, adoration's a threat. Sure, let's say you get adoration, they're gonna try to debuff you. Then you go ahead and activate the ability. But um, Trinity is typically the card you want to stop. So you have to identify the threat first. And this is difficult for certain decks that have multiple threats. Like, let's say you're playing against a Lightsworn deck. You're going to want to stop Lumina because Lumina begins it all. Let's say they have a ton of things in their graveyard. They could try to make Lumina, but then, oh, I've also got Chaos Dragon Livianir here. So, um, that's another weak. That's a weakness of the deck. Madame Vare, like, let's say she's just, she just plopped on the board. They activate Livianir. There's no way you could stop it. Unless you block that ability of Levineer. But you may have just spent that ability on Lumina. So, um, you know, like some card like Chalice. Chalice might be, might see future play just being another spell in Witchcrafters to protect Madame Vare. But, yeah, that is a weakness of the deck I just pointed out. But, yeah, the main skill of Witchcrafters is knowing 
what to counter with Madame Vera. Another skill, of course, is um, knowing how to use Schmetta and Pitori to facilitate the deck. Let's say you have other Witchcrafter uh, spells in hand. You would try to go to the play where you cycle up Pitori into Schmetta or Schmetta into Pitori, and then you get that second monster, Intermediate, into Madame Vare. So at that point, you're going to have Schmetta and Pitori in the graveyard. If you have another card in hand, you activate Pitori's ability, draw one, discard one. It's risky when you just have your Lances, your Wisdom, and your Abyss in the hand, and then you banish it all. So that's when it's risky to do it. Otherwise, you send another card to the graveyard with Shmeta. You draw them all back. You draw all your Witchcrafter spells back at the end of the turn. So I'll have to say, you're trying to buff your monsters so that you can beat your opponent. A lot of times they're swinging into your... your uh, Madame Vare, who has um, plopped down 2,800 defense. You buff her even more. They hit, they damage themselves quite a bit. So, yeah. That's all I have to say about Witchcrafters, the King of Games version. Uh, the next version of this deck, I'm, yeah, I'm really not playing this version. This version sucks. Um, I'm playing a different version now, so. But, you know, this was good enough to hit King of Games. Of course, it was early on. People have faced Witchcrafters more, and they're a little better against it. But it's kind of a guide about how to play Witchcrafters, my King of Games deck for this month. Now, upcoming news. A lot of upcoming news. Early July, Turbo Duel Grand Prix new cards, Malefic, Red-Eyes, Black Dragon, and Dragon Queen of Tragic Endings. Early July, a new character appears who, shout out to Twitter guy, Mountain Drew. I think it's shoddy. New cards, The End of Anubis and Mystical Knight of Jackal. Mystical Knight of Jackal is an uh, iconic name. But anyways, Anubis makes me think Egyptian. There's something about, do you believe what you see? Which is what shoddy is all about. And he's a DSOD character as, as well as main series. So he probably will come to the game. Not not obtainable though it's just the first appearance we might get him down in august though mid-july carly carmine is back uh this is the um investigation uh event which is one of my favorite events to get rewards you could just get a lot of gems from that investigation event um new cards fortune fairy sweet frequency magician mid-july dual quest Late July, a new character appears with cards TG Power Gladiator and TG Tank Grub. I looked it up. It's going to be Bruno from 5Ds, who actually dies. Like, he straight up dies in in the series and doesn't come back. And I don't know how often this happens in Yu-Gi-Oh! I know bad guys get sent to the Shadow Realm. They don't come back. But Bruno straight up dies. Late July, obtain a new legendary duelist who appears to be, like, regular Kalen Kessler. This is the Duelist Road event. It's a whole new event called Duelist Road Clash at Crashtown. Late July, Mission Circuit, a new card called Imitation. And finally, Blair Flanagan is being sent to the gate. Um, that is it for the episode. Um, of course, I still haven't talked about the 5Ds level increase cards. 
We'll save that for some other week where there's nothing to talk about. Um, and also, we'll also have rank duels, new rank duels, rewards. We'll have Taya next week, so a lot to talk about. Even in the next week, we will see. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, listen and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Search the Dual Assessment, search Dual Links Podcast, you'll find me here. Check out the podcast and more at the website, the Dual Assessment, at wordpress.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at the Dual Assessment at gmail.com, or you can interact with me on Twitter, Dual underscore Assessment, or my own account at Green Rangers CCG. All right. Take care, everyone. Talk to you next time. <laughs>